Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we're going to be talking about deer processing. Now, I know that we've not yet covered deer hunting tactics and techniques, and there's a specific reason for that, and that's because we want to talk about deer processing first. Um, as I've said in the past, you can get lucky. You could go into the woods and not know anything and, and possibly, you know, bring a deer out. Just, it can happen. Uh, but the, the, what you need to know before you ever walk into the woods is what is my plan? What am I going to do if I get a deer? Where am I going to take it? What am I going to do with it? You have to have a plan. This was my biggest hurdle, I think, the first couple years that I was out. Because I didn't have a plan. I was kind of nervous the whole time I was hunting. Like, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? How am I just going to figure this out? And once I had a plan and put a plan together and I was ready, then all of a sudden it's like this burden kind of lifted off my shoulders. I was like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to do. So you got to have a plan if you're going to go deer hunting. Last episode, we talked about field dressing a deer. How do you handle that? How do you get ready for that? How do you prepare yourself for that? How do you do a good job at it? Go back, listen to that episode, look at the show notes. I had a bunch of videos in the show notes for that episode. Check that out. That'll help you. And then the next step is, okay, where do I take the deer? How do I figure this out? So there's a couple of phases to this. One how do you prepare the deer for processing? Two, how do you find a good processor? And then three, what's that process look like? So we're going to just break that down one, two, three. So first things first, you field dress the deer. How do you prepare the deer for processing? Um, you know, people have all kinds of different ideas. I've never seen a deer processor that'll take a deer that's been skinned. They want the deer just basically field dressed right out of the woods there as quickly as possible. They don't want you to skin the deer and they don't want you to do anything to the deer. Um, some processors don't want you to hang the deer. In fact, they won't take it if you've hung it. They just want it immediately out of the woods as quickly as humanly possible. Number one reason is bacteria and contamination. If you're going to process the deer yourself which I don't recommend for the new hunter. 
Uh, it's it's a great skill to learn. It's a rewarding experience. But for the new hunter, I think there's just so many other things. I think you're going to be overwhelmed just taking it to a deer processor. Um, if you try to do it yourself, I think you could just be in over your head for the first time. So for the new hunter, I do not recommend, you know, taking the deer, skinning the deer, cutting it up, breaking it down into steaks and roasts and ground. Most people don't have the tools. They don't know what to do. It sort of sounds like an attainable thing in their mind, but without some training and some practice and some experience and at least a lot of YouTube videos, it's going to be a uh, time-consuming, difficult experience, and you're likely to, to lose or ruin a portion of the meat. So you take the deer, you field dress it, clean it out. If you're going to do anything to it, wash out the inside real good. Make sure there's no um, hair, there's no blood, there's no you know particles of anything in there. Give it a quick wash out. If it's warm out, you can pack it with ice. Um, you know, if you want to hang the deer for a couple minutes to, to try to get any excess blood out, that's fine. But beyond that, that's it. I mean, get the deer out of the woods, load it into your truck or load it into the trunk of your car. Make sure you've got a tarp with you. Um, you know, you can go to places like Ollie's and, and Big Lots and, you know, whatever sort of discount stores are near where you live and you can buy tarps cheap. Get yourself a decent tarp, throw it in the, the trunk of your car or the bed of your truck just to make sure you don't get anything messed up and then take it right to the deer processor. Don't pass go. You want to be as quick as you can because uh, at temperatures over 40 degrees, bacteria doubles every four hours. So you want to get this deer out of the woods. If you can do something to cool it down, great, but get it out of the woods and get it to the deer processor. That gives you your best chance of getting the most meat at the highest quality. If you're going to process your own deer, that's another episode. We can talk about some techniques. We can talk about hanging the deer for a period of time in order to season the meat and all that. But that's not today's um, episode. That's not for the first time hunter. Get the deer out of the woods and get it to a deer processor. Now, finding a deer processor, that's number two. This could be a little bit of a, a search. There's a lot of opinions out there. Um, on what's a good processor, what kind of things you want to look for. Bottom line is this. You want somebody who can process the deer quickly and they're going to give you back your deer. Some deer processors, less today than there used to be, tell you the truth, but so, some deer processors and a lot in the past, you drop off a deer, they're going to weigh it, estimate the, the poundage of meat, and then they'll just give you meat from whatever deer was next in line to that pound level. You don't want that. That's too unreliable. That that takes the benefit out of, you know, taking a nice deer, field dressing it well, getting it there quickly, doing everything you can to preserve the quality and, and freshness and health. You you don't want to you don't want somebody else's meat cuz you don't know what they did. And to be honest with you, I think that people who go to deer processors that will just give you, you know, X poundage of meat, they take the deer there that they don't want. They shoot a deer and it's got some issues. They take it there so they can get meat back that's better than what they brought in. Not everybody, but that's what I think happens 
Uh, definitely more there than where they give you back your own animal. So make sure you find a deer processor that gives you back the same animal that you took in. They're going to take a tag. They're going to tag the animal. They're going to give you the other side of the tag. That tag stays with the, the animal through processing. Then it goes into a, you know, uh, uh, whatever storage containers. Your tag is on that. You come to pick it up. It's just like, you know, a coat check. Okay, here's my number. All right, we'll pull your meat. Here you go. Some people say, well, there's still a chance that they might not give you your deer back. You're right. There's a chance. Just like there's a chance you go to the drugstore and they don't give you your prescription. They give you somebody else's or you take your car in for inspection and they don't give you your car back. They give you someone else's car. I mean, it could happen, but it's not likely. You probably would figure it out. Uh, just depending on the weight and so on. Um... Well, probably not a beginner wouldn't figure it out. But, uh, you know, these places, if they're professional, if they know what they're doing, then they're going to do the best that they can because they know all, that, all that's got to happen is one bad word gets out and then all of a sudden their reputation just takes a massive hit. So find a place that's professional. Find a place that's close by. As close as you can find to where you're hunting and then know their hours right so make sure you know now most deer processors if not all during peak hunting season have different hours than they do the rest of the year um, and most deer processors in my experience are butchers and meat packers and year-round they're doing beef they're doing pork they're doing poultry and then during hunting season they make a little extra cash on the side doing deer so those are really the best places to go, in my opinion, because these guys are experienced butchers. They're doing this year-round, all day, every day. They bring You bring in your animal, and it's just the same as what they're doing all the time, and they just crank it out quick and easy. So during hunting season, you want to call or call in advance and say, hey, what are your hours during you know this part of the season whenever you're going out? And even some places, you know, they might be open 9 to 5, 5 days a week, during hunting season, you know, they're going to be open 7 a.m. maybe to 9 p.m. six days a week. So you want to know what the hours are going to be and then take your deer there. Um, you know, it's just it's important that you you know where it is, you know how to get there. All the variables, all the, all the questions that you can take out of the equation will just make you more comfortable when you go out hunting, when you take an animal. Maybe you, you want to call up two or three places near you and, and maybe you know they've got different hours and maybe if you take the deer late in the day and it goes into the evening, you could take it to one and not the other. It's just best to know that, to just you know have that written on a post-it note in your pack or something so you know what to do and where to go. Um, you know, one of the things that kind of hindered me at the beginning is I had heard all kind of crazy things like you got to quarter the deer and take it to the processor or you got to cut the head off or you got to do all kind of crazy things. Zero percent is that ever the case. Straight out of the woods, take it there. You just want to make sure you find a good place. Um, to be honest, it's difficult sometimes to find places on the internet. Most of these guys that are in this profession, especially if it's small shops or individual guys, or even sometimes medium-sized shops that are you know part of farms or whatever, they don't do internet. They don't do computer real good. 
So you might have to dig, you might even have to just drive around and pay attention a little bit in order to find a place and, and get their phone number and give them a call. Maybe they'll have a little tiny website or they'll have like a Google business listing. Don't be discouraged because they don't have 300 Google reviews. Uh, you know, don't be discouraged if their website's not mobile friendly and, and high tech. They could still be fantastic at what they do. They're just not internet people. In fact, they probably got into this profession because they didn't like computers. And that doesn't mean they don't do good work. In fact, if they do good work, then they've got less reason to be on a computer. So don't let that bother you. Word of mouth is good. If you can find anything online, you know, use it. But do your homework. Do some research. Look around. Call and ask some questions. Be like, hey, what do you guys do with this? All right, so you got one and two, get the deer out of the woods, find a good processor, and number three, what do you do when you get there? So you're going to drop off the deer. Um, at the one I like to go to, they have an X on the ground. You pull it out of your truck, you drop it on the X, you say, hey, here I am, and then you you hand them your, your or you get your tag from them, and you've got your tag on the animal, and there you go. The other thing you got to do is fill out a form and pretty much everywhere, how do you want the deer processed? So this caught me off guard the first time I got a deer. I, I, I had no idea there were options even. They're like, how do you want the deer processed? I was like, um, what can you do? <laughs> what are the options? They handed me this form of all these line items and I had no idea what, what, even, what any of this was, what it meant, what it was going to look like on the other end. It was the end of the day. I shot my deer like 10 minutes before um, you know, the, the, the legal time to stop was. I was exhausted, had been out a couple of days in a row. I just started checking boxes, didn't even know what happened. Later, I sort of regretted some of that, wish I would have made some other decisions. So here are sort of the main categories of how you can get the meat broken down. You can do roasts, you can do steaks, you can do ground, you can do a combination of those. And then, um, you know, there's some specifics like you could get the, the, uh, the strip loins either whole or butterfly that's sort of cut up and split to be grilled individually. Or whole is sort of something you, you throw a big piece of meat on the grill and then you cut it after the fact and serve it like that. That's not so big of a deal. And then you've got jerky and you've got sausages and beefs or in deer sticks and things like that. Usually what they'll do is if you want um, beef sticks or you want sausages, they'll mix in some beef and or some pork with the deer meat and some fat to sort of give it some, some more life, uh, some more um, just, just spice it up. That I wish I would have done. I wish I would have gotten some sausages made. I wish I would have gotten some jerky made. I went in and I just said, hey, give me roasts and ground and that's it. And don't know why I made those decisions. I was kind of exhausted. And then I got the meat back and I, I was still not unhappy. And then I started, you know, going through the process of cooking and eating and all that. And I realized, oh, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have had some of that. So think about it in advance. I would recommend you do this. You get a mix. Get some steaks, get some roasts, get some ground, get some sausages, get some beef sticks or some deer sticks, 
and get maybe a little bit of jerky. You can make your own jerky sort of after the fact. You can come to that decision if you've got a dehydrator or the right kind of oven. They may charge you a fair amount for the jerky, so it may be more cost effective to make your own. And you can do that by, by cutting up certain roasts. Uh, so that's not a bad option. But I would say get a nice variety of stuff. It'll cost a little more to do the sausages because they've got to add some other meat to it. Uh, it could cost a little more to do the sticks because they've got to season them. It could cost a little more to do the jerky because they've got to dry it and cure it. Uh, in my opinion, it's worth it. You've invested all this money. You've invested all this time. You've done all this research. You've listened to all these podcasts. You've spent hours or days or weeks in the woods. You finally take a deer. I'd say pay a little more and just enjoy it to the fullest. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. So what does processing cost? Um, it's going to vary based on where you live, where you're at, the deer processors, part of the country, you know, all those things. Where I live in southwestern Pennsylvania, the average cost is about $80 a deer. I mean, it's going to range between $60 and 100 but the average is probably 80 some uh, places they'll actually vacuum seal the meat for you like they'll vacuum seal the roasts they'll vacuum seal the ground they'll they'll do all of that uh, for an extra fee maybe it's you know 15 20 25 bucks i'd say it's well worth it uh, pay the extra 20 bucks get it vacuum sealed because then you can take that meat you can put it right in the freezer you can pull it out a few months later it's as fresh as it could possibly be if it just comes wrapped in butcher paper and you throw that in the freezer, it's not going to last as long. It's not going to taste as good. Or you got to vacuum seal it yourself. Chances are you've, you're already tired and you've done enough. So I would say pay the extra money, get it vacuum sealed, get some extra stuff done and made with it. They're going to charge you a little extra for, like I said, all those other things. But I would do it at this point. You've gotten the deer. You've been successful. And then you want to enjoy all the different things that you can enjoy out of the deer. And to be quite honest, you want to find out what you like. So try a little bit of everything the first time. Next time around, you might find out that, hey, I wasn't a big fan of this or that, or I really like this or that. So you can then divide it, you know, with, with some experience and, and some understanding. But your first time, get a good variety of stuff. Pay a little extra enjoy it um you know cooking the deer is that's another show that's another cookbook that's a whole nother deal right there uh, we'll talk about that in the future 
and you can skip to that episode once you're at that point. But, you know, I, and enjoy it for all it's worth. Yeah, you might pay a little extra. Now, some people would not pay. They, they just refuse to pay money for processing. They're going to process it themselves. Hey, more power to you. I'm going to say this, though. If you don't know what you're doing, you're going to ruin your first animal. You're going to get half the meat out of it that you could have gotten. You're not going to know what it is. You're not going to know what to do with it. You're, I mean, you're just, it's just not going to be a great experience for you. Unless you've got a mentor, unless you've got somebody experienced that can help you and show you the ropes. And if you want to do it, that's the biggest thing. If you want to process it yourself and you want to go through those steps, then do that. It's a rewarding experience, but you got to have some help. And it's going to be a whole nother skill set. For the new hunter, I say pay the money, have it done, learn through the experience. You know, next season comes around, you've already been, you know, you got gear, you've got, you found a place to hunt, you've done your scouting, you've got your tactics, you know how to field dress it, you know where to take it. Okay, now you could bite off, all right, the next step for me to learn might be how to, how to butcher my own deer. All right, great. In fact, that's, that's kind of how I recommend you do it. You know, do a season or two or what, and, and, and have somebody else uh, process it for you, and then you can break into it yourself down the road when you want to. And that's the key. Not everybody wants to, so don't. If you want to do it, then great. Don't make it about the money. I, I, I really recommend that. Don't make it about the money. This is about a hobby. This is something you enjoy. Don't make it about the money. Don't say, oh man, I can't get my deer processed because it's going to cost me 80 bucks. And you don't want to butcher it yourself. Well, no, listen, it's some things are worth just paying it out. If you think about it, the average deer, maybe you get uh, between 60 and 100 pounds of meat. Let's just say average of maybe 75. All right. That's about a dollar a pound of meat. If you think about it, somewhere in that ballpark, if they have somebody else butchered for you, you couldn't go to the grocery store and buy any meat for a dollar a pound, let alone steaks and roasts and so forth. So you're, you're, it's not a bad deal. You paid, you know, your hunting license, whatever that cost is. If you want to think about it like that, what was the cost of your one bullet? You know, a dollar. Right. If you're looking at it in terms of the cost of food versus if you bought it at the grocery store, even if you pay to get it processed, you were making out on the deal. I mean, it is very inexpensive. So I would recommend even just put a little money aside before hunting season for the processing so it doesn't just, you know, hit you right then all at once. Just put a couple bucks aside, you know, for a couple months and then you've got your hundred bucks or whatever whatever it's going to be at your local processor to, to get some variety of stuff. And then once you get a deer, great. If you don't get a deer, you just save, put that money in an envelope and save it for next year, for the next season or whatever comes up. Uh, oh, the one other point to address here is the weight of the deer versus what you get back. So um, you, you get back less meat, of course, than you took total poundage of animal. So if you took in a hundred pound deer, you might get back probably maybe 60 pounds. It's about a 60%, 60 to 70% is about what you're going to get back. There's a lot of factors. The bigger the deer, 
the higher the percentage because you've got you know the the, the muscles are are thicker they're bigger they're easier to pull off the bones the smaller the deer, the lower the percentage because you just got more bone, you got leaner muscles, smaller muscles. The smaller they are, the harder they are to, to get off and, and to do break them down and, and to do something effective. So if you brought in a 100-pound deer, you're probably going to lose between 30 and 40%. You, that's bone, that's connective tissue, I mean, the head, the hooves, and what most people don't realize is um, the, the area of the animal that's damaged by the bullet or the arrow. You know, if you have a, a good round, it's going to probably go in in the front shoulder area. You're going to lose a, uh, a chunk of meat. Another reason why you don't want to shoot the deer in the back, because you get a lot of meat from the rear legs. So you don't want to shoot them in the back half because... Even if it dies eventually with a gut shot, that's going to ruin a ton of your meat. I mean, the bullet going into the leg, first of all, you're going you're gonna to lose a lot of meat. But then from a gut shot, usually half the animal's loss. In fact, some deer processors won't even take an animal that's been shot in the gut. They'll just say, nope, that stuff spilled on the inside. The meat, Too much of the meat's going to be tainted. They don't want their reputation associated with that animal. Also, you give them a 100-pound deer and you get 20 pounds back, you're probably going to be unhappy. You're probably going to tell people that they did a bad job. They don't even want to mess with that. So shot placement is very important. But just be aware that whatever, the, whatever you bring in, you're going to get significantly less back. Um, and then, you know, depending on how you shot it, and then depending on the health of the animal. You know, you might take an animal in... And to you, it looks like, other than the, the, the gunshot wound you found, it looks fine. But that animal might have had an issue. It might have had, you know, uh, something that was, um, you know, diseased or contaminated or might have had an injury or something. And then they say, you know what, we're just not even going to use that quarter. We're just going to take extra out there because that part of it doesn't look safe or that doesn't look good. So they're going to spare you that, whereas if you were doing it yourself, you might not know what's good and what's not. So be aware of that too. Also, you know, sometimes a deer gets shot and survives. And the hunter, you know, puts a bad shot in. They don't chase it down. And the deer survives to next year. Well, it's still messed up. It's alive. And then you shoot it. And you don't even realize it maybe until... They skin it and they realize, oh man, this deer has been injured. You know, a chunk of this meat's not any good, so forth and so on. So you could get back even less. So don't be discouraged by that. And another thing that happens is people just overestimate what their deer weighs. You know, they have an 80-pound deer and they think it's a 140-pound deer. And you know what? Maybe it was, you know... You're going to lose a significant chunk just in field dressing it. You take all the guts out, all that water weight and all of that, you're going to lose a ton of animals. So never weigh it even before you field dress it. It's all about what it weighs after you field dress it. So you got to keep that in mind. Because people, people just imagine the deer to be bigger and to be heavier than it is, often because you don't drag a lot of deer through the woods, so you don't know how heavy it is. Or you just imagine yourself to be stronger than you are. And you think, oh, this deer must be really heavy and you're just not in great shape. Or you're tired because you've been 
sitting in a tree or carrying a backpack around all day or you know you're wearing a lot of clothing whatever the situation so if you're able to weigh the deer i would weigh it and then compare what you get back you do that a couple times a couple years you're going to have a really good sense of what the return is and and you know what things look like so don't be discouraged about that um and then quick recap get the deer out of the woods clean and quick make sure you find your deer processor ahead of time check the hours ask the questions get there and ask them to give you a nice diverse uh just bunch of options in terms of meat and meat products that you get back so you can try different things so you can enjoy the deer and to be honest some deer taste better certain cuts depending on the animal so if you've got an older deer you know roasts might be tough steaks might be tough but sausage might be fabulous so you know if you have a nice variety then you're 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 almost guaranteed to enjoy part of it at least even if you know it's not the not the best kill or not the best animal or what have you so you're you're sort of uh, diversifying your portfolio there you're mitigating your risk by having options so there you go guys i hope that was helpful i'd encourage you go on to the website newhuntersguide.com and to the show notes we're going to have some tips and information and recaps subscribe to the show on apple podcast or google podcast or however you listen leave us a review we really appreciate that it helps us get the show in front of more people and and just reach a larger audience and please 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 share this show with a new hunter somebody who's thinking about hunting somebody who's maybe gone hunting but never taken a deer or they've run into this this roadblock and maybe they don't know what to do about deer processing or how to find somebody get the show to them it'll help them so till next time you guys have a great one god bless you and thanks for listening You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app. A life that has the stories to back it, a life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby, 6'8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.